Good morning and welcome to On Fire Radio, brought to you by Catskill Mountain Christian Center, a full gospel family church and Christian academy located at 629 Main Street in beautiful Margaretville, New York. What a great day to go to church. If you don't have a church, come on over to Catskill Mountain Christian Center. We would love for you to be our guest this morning. That's Catskill Mountain Christian Center this morning at 10 o'clock. If you'd like more information about On Fire Radio or Catskill Mountain Christian Center, give us a call at 845-586-4848. I'm Renard Bartow, and I'd like to invite you to join us for the next 30 minutes as we bring you On Fire Radio. Now let's go to Pastor Bob Engelhart with today's message. Father, in Jesus' name, I do bless the dads one more time me and my fellow dads, Lord God. Um, sometimes feels a little bit like a thankless job, um, but it's the greatest honor you could give a man to bear the title of father. And a father is not just one who is in the biological process, but one who sticks with his job, um, becomes old. Younger people make fun of him because he doesn't wear the right thing, he doesn't say the right thing, and he's just not cool anymore. <laughs> and that's okay because being a father and seeing your children grow up, um, it's just a very special thing. So I bless fellow dads, those of you who are going to be dads, those of you who are married to dads, <laughs> have to endure us. <laughs> we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. There's another, there's another, go, another clip that's been on Facebook recently um, where the, uh, I don't know if he's a preacher or is a comedian, I, to be honest with you, I don't know what he is, but he said, um, he said, you know, the most, the most, according to this study, the most important holiday in our culture, in American culture, is Christmas. The, se <laughs> the second most important holiday in our culture is Mother's Day. And he said, Father's Day is 16th. <laughs> he said, he says, Arbor Day comes before Father's Day. He says, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so it was very funny that sometimes, you know, I don't know. Anyway. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this morning um, in Psalm 137.
This is when the, uh, the psalm that was written, when the Hebrews, when the Jews, um, the Babylonians came and destroyed Jerusalem and carried the Jews into Babylon. And they were enslaved in Babylon. They had lost their homeland. They're still fighting for it today, aren't they? I mean, all these years later, they're still fighting over that little piece of property. Um, but they had destroyed the walls of Jerusalem and torn down all of its buildings and just laid it waste, took the Babylonians into, or took the Jews into exile and brought, they, they, yeah, they, it's, it's a common thing. They take the, the brightest of the bright and they bring them back and enslave them and all that kind of thing. But the psalmist says this, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion, when we remembered our old, our homeland. It says, we hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. That means that, you know, the harp, if you read in the Psalms, King David was this sweet psalmist of Israel. He played the harp, right? So that's for worshiping God. And they were like, you know, like not in the mood of wor to worship during that time because their hearts were broken because they were taken away from their homeland. <clears throat> Verse 3 says, For there those who carried us away captive asked us for a song. And those who plundered us requested mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. You know what I think of when Jesus is sent to Herod and Herod wants him to do a miracle? Remember that? Yeah. It's like, entertain us. Yeah. Entertain me. I'm the king. Entertain me. So these people who took the Jews into captivity were saying to them, kind of like poking fun, fun at them, but they want to hear it, you know? Sing us one of your songs. Sing us, sing, make, make a joyful noise. Sing, sing us one of your songs. And um, he said, we're sitting by the bank of the river and we're, we're, our hearts are broken because we remember Zion and our hearts are broken. But yet the captors came and said to them, come on, entertain us, sing us a song. Sing us one of your, one of your songs from your culture. Um, they're those who carried us away captive asked of us a song. And those who plundered us requested mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. I can imagine somebody coming, you know, some gang coming and burning down your house, right? Taking you captive. And now you're in chains, and now you're in captive. Now you're a captive. And, and they say to you, hey, sing for us. You know, sing us one of those old 70s songs or 60s songs that I would remember. You know, make us laugh. Make, make us you know, make us laugh. Um, and verse 4 says this, and I think this is really what the, the point that I want to make today. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let, let my right hand forget its skill. 
It's like, it's like our society is doing everything it possibly can to make us forget that we were founded as a Christian nation. And then remember how Christian our country once was. Now, we were never, everybody was never a Christian. I'm not saying we were all Christians. I'm saying we were steeped as a tea bag. Each, each person was steeped in a Christian culture. So even if you weren't a Christian, you know, even if you were a deist or even if you were a skeptic, you still had basically Christian principles that guided your life and allowed you to be successful. But you know, we've come upon a time where we are the anomaly. I mean, there's a lot of churches with a lot of people in them. But there's not a lot of churches with a lot of all the way Christians in them. People that live for Jesus Christ, live completely for Jesus Christ. You know, there are people that go to church, and there are people that have, you know, their entertainment department and have their family department, have their wealth plan, have their, you know, um, different things. What car we want to buy one day, what kind of house we want to live in one day, all those kind of things. And we, and we have God, too. But that's really not, that's really the sign of um, a culture that's forgetting Zion, that's forgetting our Jerusalem, the fact that this country was, this country was saturated in Christianity, saturated in Christianity. How's, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? You know, I, I think that's such, such an insightful thought. You know, how shall we sing? I mean, so we come in here in our own building. But if we go down the street, walk down the street, you go to your workplace, you know, you go to a place and you're singing a Christian song, whistling a Christian song, sharing about the gospel with somebody, how a miracle just happened to you and God just did something in your life. And how embarrassing that is, and how little we do that. So we got little, you know, we got hideouts now. Churches are more hideouts than they are, you know, than they are the place that people are cramming into, right? So how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? I think that's interesting. It says, "If I forget you, O Jerusalem." Let my right hand forget its skill. Please don't let me forget that this was founded a Christian nation. Please don't let me forget that America was founded a Christian nation. Whatever scientists tell you, whatever skeptics tell you, whatever agnostics tell you, Jesus Christ is self-evident. 
the history of Jesus Christ is sound. It is not a myth. It is not a, a false myth. It is not simply a crutch for people to assuage their fears of the unknown. It is a crutch. Jesus is a crutch. For me, Jesus is a crutch, but he's a true crutch. He's the, the crutch I need because he's the true crutch. It says, if I forget you, O Jerusalem, please, I'm asking you today to please remember that America is a Christian land and, and you need to spread that message. You need to not be embarrassed that we're the people who are taking captivity from our Jerusalem. Amen? Amen? If I do not remember you, let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy. And then, then the rest of Psalm 137, you can read it for yourself. The psalmist says, wait till you get yours. The... Uh, the bad people. <laughs> Wait till God cleans, cleans you guys <laughs> up. Um, there's a guy named Francois Moriac who said this. He said, anybody who has truly known God can never be cured of him. Anybody who has truly known God can never be cured. You got it. It's terminal. I got terminal Jesus disease. I got terminal Christianity. Right? Our culture has forgotten our roots as a Christian nation. We have been carried off by foreign ideas. Everybody wants to be like uh, Europe for some reason. Because they're, they're apparently so European. Instead of the city of God, we have replaced our godly heritage with recreation, with music, intoxication, and the values of our atheistic educated class. We do not celebrate the pilgrims, the missionaries, the martyrs, the churches on every corner of our nation. That should speak to something. It should rattle something every time you enter into some little village or some great town, or some great city, that there are churches on every corner in America. That should say something to you. You know how far we've strayed that you can pass church after church after church after church and never connect it with God. Right? Church after church after church, postcard after postcard after postcard, and never connect it with, a, with, oh, they were a people who respected the God of the Bible. They were Christians. So we get to the place where we are now. We've got our iPhones. We've got our cars. We've got our jobs. We've got our houses. Things are not bad for us. 
And what happens? We skip out on God because things are good. We don't need God anymore. When you're poor and you're broken and you've got people saying, God can help you, you're more inclined to be attracted to him. Yes? Modern worship happens in a club. Modern worship happens in in a nightclub. You know, with that that ear-pounding music cranked all the way up. People with their drinks and their drugs, you know, and the, the lights flashing all over the place and people dancing. How many movies have you seen like that? I don't only know that exists because of, because of movies I've seen like that. And apparently that's how we worship in this culture. That's how people worship whatever they worship in this culture. Um, we've forgotten the weight of the gospel. The gospel is so weighty. The gospel is so weighty. Jesus, if you ever take time to read him, demands everything of you. He demands everything of you, everything of your heart. So love the first, first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And the second one is just like it, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Your neighbor who's your boss, your neighbor who's your employee, your neighbor across the backyard fence, the neighbor you do business with. You can't get out of that. You can't get out of that. You think you can get out of that. You can't get out of that. You don't have a reason to get out of that, that you have permission to not love someone who's your neighbor. You don't have to love everyone. I don't think you're supposed to love everybody. I don't think you have the capacity to love everyone. God has the capacity to love everyone. You have the capacity to love your neighbor. You see the difference? We're speaking of relationship here. So we spend our lives trying to get somewhere that culture has called success. And when we arrive there at that place called success, we find out that it doesn't really fulfill not in our deep part. And I, many times I've heard in my life I would be a Christian, but I know that God would make me move to the Middle East or Asia or Africa or some slum in New York City or something like that. You should be so lucky. Right. You should be so lucky that if you give your life, you really give your life to the Lord, that, that then he almost can't, Nothing that can stop you from obeying him. Because you know that's the place in the world where you're going to be the most fulfilled. Where God has you go. I've been to Africa, you know, many times. I love Africa. I've found more sincerity with people who live in mud huts at times, and not everybody's, not, nobody's perfect. We're not perfect. I don't think you're bad. I love you. I don't think you're bad. You're the best there is. You're the best this town has. You're the finest people I know. But I go to Africa, and I'm like, man, these people are, 
You know, every Friday night to Saturday morning, they pray all night. Bishop Wafula is past now, but they pray, would pray all night long. That's what we do on Friday night. We pray all night long. And I'm not just talking about us four and no more. I'm talking about a good, you know, a good portion of the church shows up for Friday night prayer to pray all night. If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. If I forget you, O Jerusalem, if I forget the love of Jesus on the cross, Elie Wiesel, he wrote the famous book called Night. He was in a, a Jew in a, the concentration camp. It was published in 1960. Uh, he suffered and he wrote this book. But one of his quotes is, without memory, there is no culture. You can't even have culture if you don't have memory. See, if you don't have memory, this, and, and you don't get this into you, and you don't have memory of our Christian heritage in America, you have nothing. You don't have a culture. You can't have a culture. We all have our microcultures. Maybe our family is a culture, and some people, their family is not even a culture. It's not even a godly culture, right? Because we've become so disparate. All right. Without memory, there's no civilization, no society, and no future. Your future demands, I know, I'm two more minutes. Three points. Not just where you are today and not just where you're hoping to go tomorrow, because that can point this way or that way. Only, know if, only if you know where you came from, I have my memory of where I came from, I have my today, and I'm looking forward to my tomorrow. Those three points create the line that you need to have if you're going to establish a life of righteousness. Um, Jesus said greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends if Jesus I said all that to say this if Jesus is worth dying for then Jesus is worth living for think about it if Jesus is worth dying for would you die for Jesus yes I would die for Jesus if Jesus is worth dying for, then Jesus is worth living for. And that's the central question. Time has purpose like the meaning of a sentence. Time has a purpose in our life like a sentence needs a period to know that you're at the end of the sentence. Life has a period. God has intentionally put a period at the end of our lives. And every one of us is going to have a period at the end. So if Jesus is worth dying for, 
and hoping for Jesus' eternity is worth dying for than Jesus is worth living for. Our mortality puts the world in a true perspective. It helps us see what matters and also the foolishness of things that in, in their finality do not matter. Somebody said your hearse doesn't have a, won't have a luggage rack. It's funny. It's a joke. I don't think anybody's laughing at it, though. <laughs> and the two great temptations in life is the first is the folks who try to create meaning for themselves, which translates in the end to no meaning at all. The second great temptation is to live and die for the wrong meaning, for the wrong cause, for the wrong purpose. For the, the world is full of disguised and treasonous little gods that demand our full attention and in the end betray our deepest longings. There are many little gods in our culture. Socrates is famous for saying, he was 400 BC, but, and not a believer or anything, but famous for saying that unexamined life is not worth living. The unexamined life is not worth living. If you don't take time and look inside and examine your life, who you are, what you stand for, your life is not worth living. The unexamined life is not worth living. It's really good. Jesus said to this, said this, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest for your soul. Take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we're taking the burden of Jesus and in five extra minutes, I got through three pages of notes, so you're lucky. Um, so Father in Jesus name we thank you today and Father's Day thank you for my fellow dads and ask Lord God that you would make us dads indeed fathers take, taking the cue from the Father in heaven taking our cue from Jesus our Father, the Father of our faith Lord God that we would be like you love like you in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a good day. Hey there, this is Jake Johnson, and I want to thank you today for listening to our podcast, On Fire Radio. We pray that this word has ministered to you today, and maybe today God has shown you your need for Him in your life. John chapter 8, and in verses 31 and 32, Jesus said, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus makes us free from our sin. If you need to make Jesus first in your life today and be set free, would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I repent for my sins today and ask that you would cleanse me with your blood. I place you first in my life and ask that you would give me the power of the Holy Spirit. I walk forward this day in a new relationship with you, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to encourage you to start reading your Bible. You can even download the YouVersion Bible app on your mobile device and start a plan for new believers. Start a prayer life as well and start carving out time in your day to spend time with God. And I want to personally invite you to Catskill Mountain Christian Center. We have service every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at 629 Main Street in Margaretville, New York. Powerful worship, dynamic teaching, and an encouraging time of fellowship. 
On Fire Radio is a ministry of Catskill Mountain Christian Center and is brought to you free online and on the radio each week because of generous donations from listeners like you. You can partner with us in serving God's vision for this area by donating online at our website, www.cmcconline.org. From there, you can also connect with us on all our social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Send us a message and let us know how this ministry is impacting your life. On behalf of Pastor Bob Englehart, this is Jake Johnson signing off. God bless, and we'll see you in church.